I feel like we've done this before. I feel like I feel we've like done, we've done, this, done before. this before. Reboot from Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Snake. <laughs> Snake what? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like Snake Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was actually thinking about that, but then I thought SS would be the initials, and Ooh, I want to distance, my, yeah, I wanna distance myself from <laughs> anything. Well, that, well it's technically his name is S.D. Pliskin, so you would just be Snake D. Uh, Schaefer, and that, that'd be okay. Yeah, it could be SJS. You could have gone with that too. Yeah, see, yeah. and then at then at the end of the thing, you could have been like, uh, I could like uh, with me as Snake, and you'd be like, call me Josh. So you <laughs> you missed your opportunity right there. I'm so sorry. Damn it. Yep. Ah, uh, and Queen Bee. There we go. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell at this point, we're discussing the Escape from New York movies. We're actually going to do a. Hollywood reboot of it this time because let's be frank there's not that much to overview with the escape from movies because there's one good one one bad one and two tangentially related films that most of the time no one wants to talk about so which includes this one too because I don't want to talk about the other two (laughs) (laughs) escape from LA blows oh my god that movie is so painful um Ghosts of Mars, which was originally Escape from Mars, is a truly wretched film. And the only other movie even halfway related to the original Escape from New York I like is Lockout, which isn't even an official movie in the series. Okay. Yeah. Huh? No, Lockout was done by a different production company, and the only reason why John Carpenter has any rights to it is because he sued for plagiarism in France. Of course. Wow. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is basically an Escape from movie, just with... I mean, the, the... we're getting off track. Anyway, Escape from New York, for those that are unaware, so we'll catch you up to speed, is a sci-fi, I would almost call it a post-apocalyptic kind of movie, even though, like, we never see the apocalypse and civilization is still kind of going, sort of. Uh, but it's about a movie where New York, Manhattan Island, back when Manhattan Island was not, you know, a lovely, rich person oasis, uh, was such a hellhole that they sealed it off all around with a giant wall and turned it into a prison where people go in and they don't come out. That is the setup. And then the president of the United States, played by Donald Pleasance, uh, has to eject from Air Force One after it's taken over by terrorists and ends up landing his escape pod in the middle of New York prison and has to be rescued. So to rescue him, they send in one man, Kurt Russell's absolutely fantastic Snake Plissken, Uh, who goes in and does the mission no one else can do and saves the president. But he's also a snarling, evil, very, not not very talkative badass. And it's a role perfect for Kurt Russell. And really only needed one movie, as the second movie proves. Yeah. Well, surfing surfing Kurt Russell isn't a good look. No, there's so much about that second movie that is not a good look. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I was super excited to see it, and I saw the first trailer, and I had to have been in grade school when it came out. Uh I can't remember exactly when it came out, but I remember thinking, like, as clear as now, like, what the fuck? That's... Because they had the surfboard scene in the trailer, and I was like, this looks awful. Yeah, yeah. I I, I watched Ghostbusters 2 again. It's interesting when, as a kid you have that moment where you realize you actually have a critical eye. You had it for Escape from L.A. right there. I had it for The NeverEnding Story 2, which was a wretched piece of shit. (laughs) That is the first movie when I was like seven or eight, and I can remember going, 
God, this movie was awful. Why did we see this? <laughs> yeah. I remember that about Neverending Story 2 as well. Because <laughs> I loved the first one. Can we loved can we go, can we go back to the scene of the kid losing his horse in a swamp? That was more entertaining <laughs> at this point. Come on. Right? So, <laughs> so, with that stupid bird thing. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Escape from New York. I'm curious to see what people come up with for the idea of rebooting it. Now, to be fair... There have been a couple attempts at rebooting this movie in the past. I think at one point, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter were executive producing a Escape from New York TV show that never got off the ground, uh, got mired in, like, production issues. And then more recently, there was an attempt to make a new movie out of it back in, like, 2010 or 2015 that had the... Robert Rodriguez on it. Attached as director. And I think at one point, the dude from, like, the... Uh, Angel is Down, White House Down films, whatever his name is. That big, gruff guy that can't act. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, him. Jane Tatum? No, no, no. That was the... Oh, I'm sorry. Angel has fallen... No, it's Angel has fallen. Uh, Liberty has fallen. That, those are the ones, not White House Down. Angel's oh, okay. Liberty has fallen. I was, about to say, I was like, I will die for Jane Tatum no, today. No, his version of that movie <laughs> was great. That was a very good Die Hard ripoff. Yeah, um, I love that movie. Review. Yeah, no, that one's fantastic. It was the other one that came out at the same time. Uh, the uh, Liberty Has Fallen or whatever it's called. I, I Gerard honestly... Butler? The Thank Gerard you. Butler one? Thank okay. you. That's... Angel Has Fallen, That's... that one. That's... Yeah, it, it's Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, and Angel Has Fallen. Thank you. And they're awful. Mm. They're trash. Yeah, they good. are, but I still love Gerard Butler. So, And really? I was actually going to say, yes, I do. I'm a big fan. Really? Um, I... <laughs> I do. I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we can't move off this point. Pete. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's 2020. There's far worse fans of people. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to fanboy over the man, but I do like him. So okay. deal with it, man. No, okay. He so. comes from a long line of butlers. <laughs> Does he? Did they? Yeah. Did they buttle? They buttled. <laughs> Anyway, um, so Escape from New York. The, uh, ignoring those attempts at rebooting it, unless you really do want to use Gerard Butler in there so he can, like, go, this is New York, and kick someone in a pit. Um, I oh, mean, that would be my oh, suggestion, yeah. or uh, Tom Hardy. I, if we're just going straight on casting, Tom Hardy is actually not a bad call. He proved that he can do stuff like that with uh, the Mad Max reboot, uh, Fury Road. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gruff, not a lot of lines. Because I think that's the thing that separates Escape from New York and Lockout, is that while the basic construction of the two movies is similar, they don't feel like the same movie because the character that Guy Pierce plays in Lockout, Snow, is super chatty and sarcastic the whole yeah. time. Like, whatever else, whatever parallels you want to set up for those movies, they feel substantially different because of that character. Thanks. <laughs> so... <laughs> What kind of, like, uh, whoever we want to redcast in there, whatever you want to do, what kind of reboot do you have for it? Josh, do you have an idea? Yeah. I I mean, I would honestly, like, I know I usually tend to like to do the remakes in the vein of 21 Jump Street Uh and make it comedic. I think that could work. But I don't, I I don't know if it could work, though. That's what I was thinking. Well, I mean, okay, not to interrupt you again, but I'm interrupting you again. To be fair, the Escape from L.A. was funnier and did not work. Exactly, yeah. and I was, I was, yeah. Okay. Um, but I kind of see it as kind of a Judge Dread remake. Dread. Yeah. 
more so. So, like, obviously so, Carl Urban would be Snake. Oh, oh, that would be good. He'd be so good in that role. Yeah, Carl yeah. Urban would be great. Oh, I agree. shit. Yeah, okay. like, just Carl Urban, Waste and Fools. Um, uh-huh. And, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know who would be the... I'm, I'm trying to think of a good Adrian Barbeau character Lady, to play opposite of him. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, but... you want some. She was actually about the right age to play opposite Kurt Russell, unlike how Hollywood yeah. usually does it, which is pairs up a love interest that's like twenty years younger, and you're just supposed to believe it. Like, for instance, Lockout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit. Hey, you know what? Since we talked about her last time, uh, if you want to pair up someone with Carl Urban who seems in the right range, Elizabeth Shue. You know what? <laughs> I, I will give that, that that's a I like that one. <laughs> that's a good suggestion for you right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do doing the callback for you there, Josh. I like that. <laughs> and and I don't know, like and I don't know if it's because you were talking about the fallen movies, but the only person I can think of to play the president now in my head is Morgan Freeman. I mean I'm okay so, with that. I'm okay with that. Aaron Eckhart yeah. was the other one. He really uh, should yeah. always play a president going forward. Hasn't he played president a couple of times? Or God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or God, or right. God. <laughs> but so what's, yeah, what's, I, what's the plot of yours are you just going to mirror the original plot or like so I, I think it needs a little bit more because it, I mean all of John Carpenter's films are at least partially tongue in no, not tongue in cheek subtly I guess is a better word subtly well, political Halloween. Ha- Halloween is totally a uh, a look at the flawed flawed resources for mentally unstable people halloween is also in many respects an answer to the burgeoning slasher genre that was coming out like black christmas for example but de-emphasizing the kills and emphasizing terror instead which is in my opinion why it's actually the best slasher film around it holds up even now what we're getting on like towards 50 years 40 years later now towards 50 Mm -hmm. years later like it still holds up really well because it doesn't. It focuses on the actual horror of a horror movie as opposed to just the gore and kills. Yeah, which also makes Jamie Lee Curtis about the right age to play the cabbie in <laughs> the state of New York. There you go. Hey, why not? Just bring her back in for this. <laughs> but <laughs> so, do you have do you have more of a plot, or is it just going to be still go in there, save the president, get whatever cold fusion plans he's going for, and then get back out? Is that your story? Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd have to take the parts out with the World Trade Center out, so... Yeah, it'd be a different building, some yeah, other building but, they land on, yeah. But I, I can't really think of uh, something that would be less or, or more relevant, because this movie's still relevant as far as, like, what I was trying to talk with mm-hmm. politically. Yeah. And if nothing, it's more relevant now. Well, and that was something that I noticed with uh, Escape from L.A., too. While the entirety of the movie, like, the f- whole three acts is really stupid, the first ten minutes where the U.S. government is taken over by a super right-wing extremist conservative who, like, like stokes fear and starts, like, sending all the quote-unquote bad people off to an island off the coast of California, which is, you know, the liberal paradise and is now a hellhole. That felt really prescient in today's mm-hmm. times, even if the rest exactly. of the movie doesn't at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... And then I can also see the the right turning New York, which is quote unquote a liberal bastion mm-hmm. to people on the right, um, into a prison. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know, it it kind of resonates a little bit differently 
now just like uh, we re- recently watched they live another john carpenter movie and it's even more relevant now i think too so it's just kind of weird how for a while there he had a very keen political eye yeah yeah b oh okay you ready sure you're gonna love this i have three three options oh my god okay go okay so your first option is taking it a little bit tongue-in-cheek and utilizing um macaulay culkin as snake interesting right looks like snake now (laughs) right and because because he had that whole Home Alone franchise, uh-huh. you could use characters from that to play the key characters in Escape from L.A. or Escape from New York, however you do it. Mm. Adrian uh, Barbeau's Pesci. character played by Joe Pesci. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara is still alive. Um, but anyway, um, Joe Pesci could be the tax... Ta- 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 he'd be a great and, cabbie, okay? Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, Angela Gothals, who played his sister, could be could be the Angela Barbeau character because I think she's still hot. Um, anyway, so you have that kind of uh, so idea. He, he, he runs around New York setting up traps for the guys that are aligned with the dude. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, could, you could totally see that happening. Um, and then, because you know we like to go... Um, you know what? What if we did a a current character who wasn't white, and we like to unwhitewash films for reboots? Uh-huh. Um, I would say Idris Elba. Oh yeah, Snake. He Hell would yeah. be amazing. Um, the Adrian Barbeau character. I would go with someone like maybe um, uh, who is the what's her name from um, uh, Watchmen who played Nun. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm terrible with names. Um, but I think uh, the the actress who played Sister Nun, I think yeah. she would be amazing Sister as Sister Knight would be amazing as the female Regina uh, King. Regina King. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would be a great for the Adrian Barbeau character. Can um, I actually and- can I make a suggestion on this? That's going to be a little weird, but maybe my sure. make her Snake Pliskin. Uh, well, hold on. There's the third one. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I got this. Okay. Okay. So, okay. This is the second one. This is just, you know, unwhitewashing the yeah, entire just changing thing. the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, you could have the president still be uh, Freeman. And you could yeah. have the cabbie who would be maybe someone else of color, um, uh, Chinese, female. It doesn't matter. Pick an actor who you think would be great. Um uh, let's see, one of the uh, Aquafina, I think she would make a great cabbie. Yeah, I can see uh, that. Uh, so you could bring that in as the new reboot cast. Now, my third option, because you know how we like to unwhitewash things and make it um, relative uh, um, relevant mm-hmm. for women, mm-hmm. bring in a whole woman cast mm-hmm. entirely. Um, you have the uh, Regina King could be the snake she character or snake. Uh, Taj, Taj, what's her name? Taraji P. Henson. Yes, yes, because we love her in anything she's in. So I'd I'd buy that. Make her the Duchess. Okay. Um, And and not to keep white people out, you can have some white actresses. I think Emma Stone would be a great cabbie. Or you can make her uh, the Barboa character, Mm. Um, the the sexual, you know, something. Bring her in, Um, because that would also bring in some of the uh, fun. Make uh-huh. it just an all-woman cast, 
all colors, bring in everybody. Um, so those are my three options for a reboot. I don't know why, but when you were saying the, the love interest, the only thing I could think of was uh, Channing Tatum's character from This Is The End. <laughs> all in leather, like the all assless in, yeah. chaps. Yeah. Right, here's a fourth option. Him. You can still have a, a man in the part. Um, who played, uh, we did uh, The Wire. We did one recently on The Wire, and the character mm-hmm. who plays Omar, he would be a really good snake character. I think he could pull that off. And um, although I don't think his, he's actually gay, but he plays a really good gay, mm-hmm. you can bring in someone else who is gay, maybe a Channing Tatum, and do it that way. Michael for the- K. Williams. Michael K. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, it's Michael K. Williams. And he. To so a gay version, I think that would be amazing. And it would be primed for gay porn. I'm just know, saying. If you've seen the way some of the characters dress in the original Escape from New York with their weird gangland it's, outfits, it feels kind of gay. It's not a stretch. It's yeah, not a stretch. No, it's not a big stretch. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like an all Vegas review of Escape from New York. I could see that. <laughs> So oh, cool. those, are, those are my options of a reboot. <laughs> also, I, I forgot to to mention that with every reboot needs a good Tom Cruise and Peter Dinklage. I know. So I was waiting for you to make that reference. Oh, well, you could always have Peter Dinklage be the snake character. I, you know. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, he could kick ass in any action he role. Would, he I would, wanna... It would be fantastic. It'd be absolutely fantastic. So, and I already know what he looks like with the scar and an eye patch. So you do. It's true. It's absolutely true. So. My thought, and this was inspired by what you were talking about with Dread, Josh. Instead of making the entire island of New York be the prison, we just make Trump Tower in the middle of Manhattan be the prison. We just, like, blow up the blocks around it, create a giant moat. Uh, Whoever plays Snake Plissken, which I'm perfectly okay with Idris Elba or Macaulay Culkin. I think those are both inspired choices. Have him have to land on top of the building and in a reverse dread fight his way down through all the various warrior style gangs to get to the bottom of the uh, like the the deep sub sub basement where he comes across the the duke and then has to fight with the president in tow all the way back up the building to get to his flyer and fly out. I like it. Yeah. Plus yeah. then it's politically prescient and it feels like the one hellhole we need to get rid of in New York you know gets blown right? up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, thank, out of 10. thank you for that inspiration right there. I, I, I rather liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have any others? Because you were thinking of this when you before he said his thing. So what others do you have? That is the problem. Most of the ones that I come up with uh, beyond that feel like they need to be really different, substantially different. So you're like a prison out in the middle of the ocean, which Marvel kind of already did with their Avengers movies, or a prison off in space, which is either Lockout or even the original setup for Ghosts of Mars. Which I was going to say, like, so Ghosts of Mars? Yeah, so terrible. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's like, it's very hard to come up with one that feels substantially different enough that you're, like, actually doing a proper, proper reboot. Because the one thing that, as Josh mentioned, is the fact that the first movie despite being set in 1997, quote-unquote, which, you know, we missed by a long shot at this point, um, still feels like it holds up really solidly. We, we may mm-hmm. have missed the mark on it by 22 years at this point, 21 years, 24 years, math is bad. Hard to do on a podcast. But it's it still holds up story-wise and still feels like politically and the Cold Fusion plotline and everything else still works really well. 
It's just, you know, you'd basically just have to go in there and digitally edit the year and have it say, like, 2055 or something. And that's really the only change I'd have to make, because the rest of the movie on its own works really nicely. So, rebooting it is honestly... I'm glad you guys came up with ideas that worked, because rebooting it on its own is really hard. Uh, short of actually not being in the future and having it just be, like, a normal prison out in, like, the middle of the Midwest, I'm not sure what you do. And then at that point, does it really feel like an escape movie anymore? Yeah. Hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah, this this definitely feels like one where it's more like you just have to reboot it, like, cast-wise. Keep the script more or less yeah. the same, reboot it cast-wise, and then let the chemistry of the cast and the the way they deliver lines and improv their own lines carry the film. Like, a good actor who can actually, like, improv well without going too far off book and being really dumb about it. So, you know, don't use Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> they, could, they could probably take the original script and do their own interpretation of it and find a new way to do it when the only thing you have to do is change the year that the movie is set in. Like, yeah. yeah. If, if we already had Cold Fusion, or if the world was in a different place politically, this movie wouldn't hold up the way it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Cold Fusion thing was kind of goofy, so, like, you'd have to change that to something else. I don't know, and, they're like, still working uh, on it. No, uh, that's true. Scientifically, I... they are still working on it, and, like, they get, like, infinitesimally closer every year. I think I read earlier this year they that uh, the scientists out in China actually had a stable cold fusion reaction for a couple minutes. Ooh. Yeah. Now, not on a scale you could actually use it to power anything, but on a very tiny scale, they managed to get a stable cold fusion thing for a few minutes. And then they had to do it. Yeah, that's still gigantic. So, like, the secret of cold fusion even now holds up now. At the rate that it's going, it could be that 20 years from now we could watch a reboot here that has Cold Fusion in it, and everyone's like, that's so goofy, why would they need that? We already have that. So, in that yeah. regard, yeah. yeah. But, and I always thought that his, uh, the blood bomb thing, or whatever it was called. Um, in, his, in his veins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of goofy, too. That's why but... I liked it in the second, like, one of the few things I liked about the second one, where there wasn't any, like, device or whatever... Uh, like, they said he was infected with a virus, but it was really just the flu, and they laughed about it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it, by, by that measure, Lockout didn't even have that. So, and it's better for it, because he's just motivated by the plot line instead of just his own selfish need, you know? Yeah, and that would, honestly, in retrospect, I think that would be the one thing i change mm-hmm. about the the remake. Mm-hmm. Would, would, you know, he could still be a terrible person or what have you, or an anti-hero, but... Make him a little bit more like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, and... if, if, I think at that point, then you have to change the character because it can't just be the president. Um, it would yeah. almost be better if it was, or if it is the president in that regard, it would almost be better if it was someone he actually had a personal connection to in his past. So he's right. not like a friend of his. So he's not just going in there to rescue some nameless person that doesn't matter to him at all because he doesn't care about it. He's like, I don't agree with you politically, but we, you saved my life back in Vietnam 3, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you were my unit commander and exactly. you could have left me for dead. Yeah. That's the, that's the only line you need and it fixes the entire issue. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then they can turn out to be a shit and he decides to kill his, the person at the end and blow up the... Uh, cold fusion secret when he blows up Trump Tower and it's fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because and you can even have like a cheesy dialogue line that's like, 
I already gave you one chance. You blew it, mm-hmm. and then blow up. Yep. So. Oh yeah, yeah. As he walks slowly away. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking, smoking a cigarette. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I agree so. with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smoking is so bad well, for you. Actually, he blew the, the, the uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, a vape cloud. <laughs> it's a tiny cold fusion device. So he runs off, gets to a different floor as it explodes and shakes the building. And then he goes back down to investigates and lights his cigarette on the smoldering corpse. <laughs> yeah. I'm that honestly like <laughs> another thing that I would probably do in a remake is have him like self-sacrifice and maybe die at the end to oh. save everyone else. I mean, they almost did that in lockout. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that moment of self-sacrifice definitely makes them more of a hero shows character growth because i mean that's exactly. one of the big issues with snake is that he doesn't evolve at all over his two films no no because even in and i'm just and I, and I know it's not the same movie but in my head i keep comparing it to dread uh-huh that's fair post-apocalyptic like, gruff yeah. anti-hero yeah and like i felt like dread had some brief moments of character development well, for just waste and fools. It's interesting when you talk about Dread because his character stays the same throughout the film, like his own worldview. But yeah. Dread's perspective on the officer he's paired with uh, is where he gets character growth because he would have mm-hmm. he would have easily failed her, but be due to her actions and the way that she proved herself to him as a person, he lets her slide and become a judge, and that's something he wouldn't have done. So it's like character growth forced on him by the other character, which is usually the opposite way around in movies. It's the, you know, the, the gruff male hero forces everyone around him to grow, but the female character in that movie actually forces the gruff male hero to grow. So kind of a little yeah. bit of a reverse there, and I liked that about that film. Yeah. Dread was such a good movie, and he's a sequel. It really oh, does. Man. Carl Urban's still pushing for it. <laughs> Carl Urban is a fucking saint. <laughs> he really is. I, I, I like can... him a lot. Like I don't, I don't like to, you know, be outspoken a lot about a lot of things, but that is one thing you can put on my tombstone. <laughs> Carl Josh Urban Schaefer really liked Carl Urban and thought he was a saint. Good to know. I'll, I'll make sure we do that. Joseph's <laughs> gonna be like, "Why is this on your tombstone?" Well, originally, she's actually, that's probably better, because I told her before that I wanted my body bronzed and dressed like a hawk man and put in a playground. So. Wow, that's super creepy, dude. <laughs> Especially because you'll probably be old and wrinkly at that point. It's going to be the ugliest hawk man. I mean, I'm already pretty paunchy, so <laughs> I'm hoping the bronzing process like melts some of that away. Oh but... my god, oh my god, that's so gross. <laughs> or bronze my my bones. That'd be that'd be uh, even better. And then put the Hawkman costume on. Yeah, yeah. and I could be like Blackest Night or Darkest <laughs> Night, whatever. Blackest Night, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or mummify me and bury me halfway at the foot of a or base of a slide. You that'd know, be cool too. I gotta say, I kind of feel like we've lost the thread of this podcast. <laughs> like all of our podcasts. <laughs> oh my God, this one got really far off base. How, how does? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I have ADD. You know this. <laughs> anyway, I think we're good talking about the Escape From movies then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it's good. Yep. So, this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I am Mike Finkelstein, warden of the prison of New York City. I'm Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm going to be President Queen B then. There you go. And President Queen, huh? 
That's a, that's a really fraught political situation there. That, that's like the elected queen of, oh, was it Amidala's planet? Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. The Naboo. <laughs> Naboo. And we will see you next time. Bye.